Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Man, what a lively group. Hey, welcome. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 111, and we are glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang, put that finger down. If you're in the Gulf of Mexico, you're probably getting blown by Barry. So we're all bracing here in H-Town. I'm not sure if uh, Barry's going to come our way or he's going to veer off to New Orleans, but we are here and we're glad you are too. <clears throat> Going to Texas, the southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we are. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and this is a spiritual oasis for men. We feel that the faith muscle needs to be exercised just like anything else. And that's what we do here. And we talk about stuff that you can't get away with talking about anywhere else. And we're in the Old Testament, and we're in 2 Samuel, and we're talking about David. And David is an awesome character. And one of the things that I love about the Old Testament is this. In life, we are typically faced with just issues that are right in front of us. But by looking at the history of the Old Testament, you see events played out over centuries. And so you can see, and, and I've said this many times, you're, sometimes we're a spoke in the wheel and we don't understand where that spoke is. But that also goes with decisions and temptations. And that's what we've been talking about with David here. We use the uh, Baptist Way Press, Connect 360. We're in the Triumphs and Troubles. This is Lesson 7, 2 Samuel. You are the man, which is perfect for a Man Up podcast. And we have a great group that is here today. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to introduce them. And this is one of the great things about Man Up. We are each different and you might identify with one of the guys here and their opinion more than the others. And that's why we like to have a varied group of committed guys. But, and we understand there's some ladies out there listening, so <coughs> we want to welcome you as well. <clears throat> so at this time, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to go around the room and just introduce them. And uh, first of all, he is a policy writer, world class. He's also a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. <clears throat> and back from his diving adventure, we have, he's an attorney and he's also a prosecutor, so he could defend you, or he could, sh he could s send you to the brig, or actually, you're not in the military, so send you to jail, but we call him the judge. It's Michael Cropper. He's here. Yes, and that's why I like this lesson. And this guy really was looking forward to this lesson, and we kind of skipped last week because it was uh, Independence Day and Fourth of July, but he's all wound up and he's ready to go. And it's our deacon Kyle Trahan is here. And we have a world-class trainer. He's also kind of an intellectual. Robert Koshu is here. And you're going to really like his insight because we had to tune him down <laughs> so we could get started. My name is Bill Cox. I'm just basically a salesman, kind of a writer, actor kind of guy. And uh, this is a great lesson. What we're going to talk about, and I'm going to go around because this is men, and, and, and men are always busy, and sometimes... A lesson may not relate to them, or or it may. So we go around first, and then get a summary, and then from the from the guys or a basic overview, 
And then we read the scripture, and then we have further discussion. And one thing I really like about this lesson, it's uh, how to tuck up, <laughs> to bring it up to date, how to talk up to your boss. So, that, <laughs> and, and that is one important lesson uh, we're going we're gonna to learn here. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and just go around the room and get a basic overview of this lesson from each of the, uh, each of the panelists here. And uh, start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, in, in light of our own title, David's going to man up here. He's got to man up here. That's why maybe, yeah. uh, maybe it's, it's the, the title of the lesson is You Are the Man, as you You're say. Right. Uh, but it's also, we're going to see that there is a difference between forgiveness and consequences. And often we think of forgiveness both in the church and outside the church as getting off the hook. And, uh, well, we've got a prosecutor here. Right, right, right. <laughs> and yet he may forgive you, but he still is going to prosecute you. That's right. right. <laughs> uh, and and, and so, so that's, uh, that, that's, that's, that's my opening comment, and because I'm, I'm sure the fellows here have a lot to say about that. Um, so here we go. Okay, and uh, this is podcast number 111, and uh, Judge. All right, um, uh, to me, one of the things that jumps out here, and I hope we'll get a chance to discuss it, is conviction versus um, uh, versus shame or humiliation. And uh, But I want to remind you folks, rather than going to today's lesson, I want to remind you of what the lesson last week was about. And folks, this is we could have gone on that lesson for another two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Easily. Remind you, last week's lesson, which is a, it, it's, this is part of it, this is sequel to it. And that was simply that David, uh, David is the king of Israel, and he's been an extremely successful king, extremely lovable king. He seeks the Lord in everything he does except in this particular time. Uh, at least we, we believe in all the examples we see in the Bible show that he seeks the Lord in all sorts of questions, important things. Uh, last week he stayed home uh, and sent his army out in place of him, or Joab in place of himself, and they went out. Um, and attacked a city and did some of the things that armies are supposed to do, conquer their, their, uh, their enemies. And, and David stayed home. And, and like I said, he sent Joab out in his place to be the king or act as the king over the army. And, and, and while he did this, he, uh, he stayed home and, and got himself entangled with a lady who he saw while he was on the roof of his palace. And uh, David and the guys talked about this very much uh, and said that this is a normal thing to do. And I have to tell you, uh, my fiance said, "You guys are right. I'm wrong." Y'all <laughs> 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 listen. <laughs> and that's humiliation, but I'm. <laughs> 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 it was conviction, not humiliation. Anyway, that last week was I, Michael Cropper. <laughs> 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 last week I said, folks, that I thought part of the um, the thing that occurred where David had committed adultery with Bathsheba was partly her fault. Uh, everybody has set me straight in this, so, so I'm going to go with it. Anyway, everyone. Now has <laughs> yeah. he committed adultery with Bathsheba, and there are some extreme consequences to it, which we'll see in the next few lessons. And uh, uh, so, anyway, I'll I'll stop right there. Deacon Kyle, I, uh, I like the analogy that uh, Nathan used in the beginning of this. Um, you know, bringing on the 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 rich guy with a bunch of sheep and cattle and all of that, and you've got the poor guy with the little wee... Uh, you. Uh, yeah. You, come on. Uh, you lamb, whatever, um, you know, that he's taking care of. You know, David was a shepherd. He probably had one of these Dude, himself. Dude, good point. And so point. When, when he was given this analogy, it really struck a chord with him, and he burned with fire or anger against the man. <laughs> that took yeah. the, the little lamb. And so it was, I, I think, the perfect one for him to not realize in the moment of the story that he was the rich man that took the lamb. Well, I don't right. recognize it. We, we haven't read it yet, but that whole point there that you know the, the one lamb was that poor man's foundation for what he was trying to build. He, right. he, had, he had one. He was not, he was not that, that lamb was going to be bred and was going to make a bunch of other sheep 
and, right. and we'll, we'll read about the, the rich man takes it, so he literally takes the, the one, one piece of wealth right. <laughs> that guy, guy has, has. Yeah. which is, isn't much to begin with. <laughs> Professor, your overview. I, I am, this is a lesson, I, I'm kind of like Kyle, I've been, <laughs> I have been looking forward to these two weeks that we've done since we found out we were doing David Part 2 right. because of this. There, there is so much to unpack here. Mike is so right. We could have spent two to three weeks on the first part of the lesson. Right. Um, I'm going to revisit one part of it real quick. So David by then had disobeyed God's law by having multiple wives mm-hmm. and concubines from what we understand. Mm-hmm. And Bathsheba becomes the next tempting target for him as it were, when he, when he glimpses her. Steve, Steve made a comment last week about it. It's not just staying off of sex.com or two weeks ago mm-hmm. when you made it. And I, I just want to echo that, kind of revisit this before we jump into the new piece. That, that Guys, you really got to guard your heart. And you really got to look at, you've got to almost be wearing blinders nowadays or at a bare minimum, take Joseph with Potiphar's wife who basically, you know, we get the cleaned up version of, she, she, she said, come sleep with me, and he refused and ran out. I, I picture that totally. I picture that as she's got the third button undone on her shirt, and she's laying on the bed, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in a good pose, and going, hey, come, come on, Joseph, let's go for it, you know, kind of thing. Come on, and, and, he, come on. and he, Yeah, and he runs. And I think David's first big mistake in this is, he didn't, he didn't have, and, and we've talked about the, wow, that's a really nice-looking woman, appreciative glance, versus the long dwelling on it. Mm-hmm. And David's first mistake is he doesn't just, oh, wow, there's a naked woman over there bathing, let me go on my walk. He stops and stares and starts thinking. Then he gets the plan in his head. Mm-hmm. And so before we jump into the consequences of it, I want to sit, tell the guys, you know, really, really, really work to guard your heart in this manner because it, it is so easy to be tempted nowadays. Well, Look, look so what is happening then. this week, and I don't want to dwell, dwell yeah. too much on it, but it speaks to what you're saying. This whole Epstein thing. Uh, um, which which <laughs> could go, but yeah. I think it speaks yeah. to this. These are all extremely wealthy people. Powerful men. Powerful men. Very much so. Free, you know, you know above and and, and and Supposedly, in quotes here, above the law. Above the law. Right. And actually, right. they may have been being that the way this first case went yeah. down. But I, I don't want to dwell on that. Right. But that speaks to this. If you don't think, if you, if you think for a minute, I'm, I'm not immune to this. I'm sure at some point they all thought they were. Right. And, well, uh, and, and well I am, because I'm ugly. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> but, you know, go back to um, the Six Battles book. Mm-hmm. The, the story of the guy that uh, went down, he heard a noise or whatever, I don't remember mm-hmm. the exact story, but he went downstairs, uh, looked outside, and, you know, in a normal suburban it's neighborhood, lady. the yeah. neighbor yes. had the niece or something staying with him, and she was attractive and right partly naked. dressed or yeah. whatever, right. and so he could see her through the blinds. Mm-hmm. And so he finally guarded his heart, tore himself away from that scenario, went back to bed and everything. And the next day, in you know, his strength, he told the neighbor, hey, make sure and shut your blinds for me or whatever. <laughs> and uh, you know, the next time he walked by, they were closed. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, you can look at yourself and say, well, I might have been tempted, mm-hmm. but okay. And you turn your head and keep mm-hmm. on going because the temptation is now gone. You know, and at his moment of strength, you know, he was able to, to go out and help try and prevent something. You know, I read this story, and I'm going to read this scripture here uh, pretty quick, but uh, just like uh, pretty much always, I have a different take than you guys on this. (laughs) Because, I mean, here's the thing. You know, powerful people, I'm not one, and I can't stop them. And I typically don't. I totally identify with Nathan. and 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 what he must have went through, what he must have went through before he confronted David, I, I can't imagine that. You know, speak up to someone so powerful. I, I mean, that, that to me, that is an absolutely huge 
part of this. And it's part of it's part of the whole. And, and it's, it's, it's a big it's a big you, man yeah. lesson thing mm -hmm. too. Before you read yours, I think I think the phrase, the very last phrase from the last lesson, but the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Okay, and why you say that, that? We we didn't <laughs> remind the people the thing here that David did that was so bad. Was he tried to hide his sin? Tried oh, the sin and, and then the cover-up and everything. What he did, he had, he had committed adultery. That's one thing. But it's another thing to hide it and to kill the family and hurt his he, he hurt Bathsheba, he hurt her family, he hurt Uriah, he hurt Uriah's family, he hurt his own family, uh -huh. and he tried to cover up all this, and that's what we're going to, Bill's going to be reading about today. And that's what I'm going to go right into. This is 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 23. The, the Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle. But the poor man had nothing except for one little ewe lamb that he had bought. He raised it, and he grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, said. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hands of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die, but because by doing this you have made the enemies of the Lord show utter contempt. The son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and went into his house and spent the nights lying on the ground. The elders of the household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused. He would not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's servants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought, while the child was still living, we spoke to David because he would not listen to us. How can we tell him the child is dead? He may do something desperate. David noticed that his servants were whispering among themselves, and he realized the child was dead. Is the child dead? he asked. Yes, they replied. He is dead. Then David got up from the ground. And he had washed and put on, after he had washed and put on lotion and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he went to his own house, and at his request, they served him food, and he ate. His servants asked him, Why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, 
While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. You know, it, it's funny. I always, I always, I, I always, I'm a trainer, so I like telling stories and getting pictures in my head. Everybody remember Matlock, the TV show, Andy Griffin? Yeah. I always picture Nathan kind of like Matlock. Matlock. And he kind of walks in and puts hands in his pockets. David. An old let, counsel. Let me tell you about this guy. And he kind of walks around, he tells the story. And I pictured I pictured David, you know, David's a passionate guy. You know, David probably stands up, where is this guy? He has to pay for it. He deserves to die as sure as the Lord must, you know. You know, and he's just walking around and pacing. And I always picture he gets close to Nathan, and Nathan kind of wheels around. Puts his finger in the middle of David's chest and said, "You are the man." Had you said that's that's just my picture of this whole episode, and I'm sure everybody in court is sitting there going, "Oh dang, he said it!" Because you know, everybody in court, everybody knew, they knew, yeah, everybody yeah, knew. Yeah, cause, everybody cause they're doing, let's see. Uriah went to war. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> He's dead. He marries her. Bam, she. You know, they're doing the math in their well, head. And, and, you know, <laughs> Job had the orders anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so, David thought he fooled everybody. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's it's, the thing yeah. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's very intelligent. And, and did also, he, really think he, he fooled everybody, or did he just not care because he was the king? Both. Well, I, he I fooled himself. He didn't. Uh, he yes. didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't. He missed it completely. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah no, he, because he immediately saw. He was very quick. And he, that's the other. He, he immediately saw what the 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 fellow in the story did wrong. I mean, he, he immediately was appalled by that act of injustice. And no mercy. yet, yet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was yeah, ready. Yeah. To, he no was mercy. ready to send him to the to the gallows. So he knows. Or, he knows right from, from wrong. wrong, and that's just like all of us <laughs> yes. men. We know what's right and what is wrong. But uh, but another thing is about men is it seems like when you veer off course, you don't veer off course very far the first time. You come back. A little farther the next time, a little farther the next time, until you get so far out. And a lot of people, they don't regret the sin; they just regret getting caught. You know, I mean, that's that's a big <laughs> Is that man. The case time. here, while you were touching on that, while coming back to what Kyle was saying, do you think David regrets being caught at this point, or is he actually? Repenting from his sin, his actual humility. I don't. That's. Well, that's I think really that's what the question. death does. The, I think the yes. death of the child hammers home um, that this. Yes, I think it that comes this about was there, a there, big deal. There is no question, and that's why Psalm fifty-one seems to be a very heartfelt yeah. confession oh, yeah. and yeah. and and request for atonement. Now, so did you I, want to bring I, that up? We will. I'll, 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 I'll bring it. Psalm fifty-one. Uh, was was we are told written in the written in uh, written by David? Uh, how how exactly is it is it put in my edition of the Bible? Is it almost a directly psalm? referenced Psalm fifty one? A psalm of David. A psalm of David. A psalm of David yep. uh, when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. So he wrote he could have wrote this during his time of fasting or shortly thereafter. I think it's heartfelt. Now. Uh, let, let, let me hold that thought because when we get to next week's lesson, he may. It, it still seems that there was a lot that a lot about this episode that held over that was never talked about. Uh, I nonetheless, agree. I, nonetheless, and I th- I think we get this. Um, I I I can read this um, in that I may have wanted to save it later because it is it is a it is a really a psalm of 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 confession. Mm-hmm. Um, Something in the Baptist Church we should do more of, I think. Um, but it is, uh, it, is, it, is, uh, it is very heartfelt. It says, um, this is Psalm 51. Um, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. 
For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I have been a sinner from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost peace. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I'm going to stop there. Those are the first 12 verses. But it is, a, it is actually quite a good psalm of confession and a, and a, re, and a, and a plea and a prayer for, for redemption and forgiveness, um, which, according to Nathan, um, David did get. God has, does not see his sin, but this, the consequences are there. Uh, and that's uh, and that's really comes into play here with the with the child. And this is a perfect time for us to take a hard break. This is Man Up Podcast, podcast number one eleven. You are the man. We're talking about David's troubles. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 111. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. But what we are is we're guys that are trying to deepen our faith and talk about spiritual stories and learning lessons from the Bible and applying it to our own lives. Here with a great group, we're talking about David and Nathan. <clears throat> Steve just read uh, from Psalms, what, 51, 51. was 51 was that? <clears throat> and as heartfelt as that was, it makes me think that he wrote that when the child was ill. Because it seems like from the scripture that we read, once the child passed, David got back to business as usual. Or... Or pretty, or pretty close. As much as he could. As, as much as he could. But the deep contrition and deep feeling that he had and the confession, I think that was due to the prediction from Nathan that the child would die. And so I would, I, I would my, my own personal feeling, he probably wrote that in those seven days. Well, and David uh, called something upon himself. He says that the uh, rich man that took the little lamb mm-hmm. should pay for it four times over. We had four sons that died. Absolutely. Or killed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, uh, just an interesting point. So he, he paid for his own transgression four times over, which he called upon himself. That is awesome. Also, he, he says Put here, the brain which Steve read. I credit the wife. <laughs> he says, against you, O God, O Lord, only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak. He sinned against Bathsheba. He sinned to Bathsheba's family, his own family, just like Kyle just said. And I don't see him recognizing that. Because in Leviticus or Numbers, 
you have to deal, when you hurt somebody or sin against somebody or cause problems to them, you have to repay them. Just like Kyle said. Mm -hmm. He said, this man is supposed to pay four times over the lamb he took. Is David paying four times over for the sin he did financially or apologizing to him or do, trying to restore it? And we don't see anything through the scripture he does. And that's going to come back to haunt you also. So anyway. Well, it, it's interesting. The, uh, the This is really a turning point in David's life. And we see that our entire... Uh, our entire book study that we've been doing on David is triumphs and troubles. And after you are the man, Nathan then goes through and he says, you know, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel, delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all of this had been too little, I would have given you even more. So he basically says, look at Everything, this is like the two-sentence summary of the first ten chapters of 1 Samuel. That, hey, everything I gave you, look a second, look, look at everything I gave you. And it wasn't enough. But you, Bingo. You wanted the forbidden fruit. You, like you wanted something. Exactly. Yeah. You, you <laughs> saw something that wasn't yeah. yours. Yeah. And that's a man's lesson. Him. Now, yes. did David take... Uh, some of Saul's wives. I yeah. Don't, I, oh so yeah. 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 He had the concubine, so, the wife. Because remember, <laughs> I figure he had. Part of it was political that. back then too. What's that? There were treaties established with uh, this. Yes. You know, here, take my daughter Sue, and I'll leave your border alone. <laughs> right, <laughs> kind of, right. kind of stuff. You know, and and the guy from Lebanon. Here's a bunch of cedar, and here's my daughter Jane. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> No. kind of thing so it, that, that was kind of part of the deal but yeah this is one of those things where you know he does all that and then he starts pronouncing the judgment and from here David literally has nothing but trouble as we move through as we'll start seeing I think that's what you're kind of talking about here, about consequences versus shame. Well, I, yeah, I even I, wrote I, that your house will have trouble. I, and those, you know? I don't, I don't think. Now, this is how I read that also, because these are what, what is God bringing all this down, including the death of a child. This is, I don't think this is a prophecy in as much as Nathan, maybe with some divine insight, really showing what the consequences are going to be. And it basically saying, David, there's, there's no coming back from this in some ways. This is, you can't undo it, and it's going to create a problems down the generations that, you know, even feeling bad about it and is, is not going to change. And, and that's, where this, that's where this comes in. Now, I, I, I thought, I, I had a lot of thinking about this lesson because the scripture says God struck the child. It isn't the child, it isn't passed where the child got ill. It, it seems to have been God's decision to let the child die. There, there was going to be a divine punishment. And, and, and maybe we can interpret that, that, well, that's the way the writers saw it. But you come back to the point, it, it's a child dying is a lot of suffering. The only reason that child is there is because of David's sin. Yep. So that, that extra added dimension of human misery that comes from the death of a child is, is the product of this adultery, um, sadly. And, and um, uh, I, I, again, I'd, I'd rather read this as this is the way the, 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 the writers saw it and put it down. Um, but this was, that was just one consequence in this, and we get into the others in the next, in the next couple of weeks. Um, but the thing about it is with Nathan... It's not like it's a trial. Mm -hmm. He delivers the verdict yeah. to him. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, and, and you think about that. His position, he was a trusted advisor. And so I'm sure that they had many conversations, back and forth conversations. You know, what do you think I should do? And, but this was one-sided. And he mm -hmm. delivered it. And... I can't, I can't imagine how difficult that must have been for Nathan to do. 
somebody yeah, so, yeah, power I mean, speaking yeah. through him, so I imagine it's got to be a little easier delivery for him. What Bill's saying here, if you, that, that, even if God's, <laughs> even if he's, he's he, got he the... He did get a warm-up before, because he did... Tell, tell David, yeah, go ahead and build the temple. Oh, wait, 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 wait. God's right. in the vision. Yes. We ought to wait on that. But, right. but this is... But when nowhere, you think, that, this is nowhere near that. When there, there are, these days, there, there are so many consequences for speaking. Just, I just got finished reading uh, the book Bad Blood about Theranos. Oh, yeah. Um, which uh, was a really <laughs> screwed up company. Um it was obvious to several people there they were lying to investors they were lying to customers they were they were faking their this was a there was a it was a machine that supposedly would give a, a hundred or several hundred blood tests to a single drop of blood uh, and uh, whenever somebody would talk to Elizabeth Holmes and her buddy there Sonny Bolloway and say, what we're doing isn't working. They were told, first they, they were quietly fired, and then they got a visit from David Boyes, <laughs> biggest, one of the biggest lawyers in the country, saying, talk about this, and you will be sued to the point where you will be living on the street. So that's... That's very, and that is today. That is that, that is right. that is Silicon Valley. That is big business today. Um, Absolutely. And and so there there there's an example of what you know Nathan in his time has got to be sweating it out because at any minute <clears throat> David could say, let, let, "Get out well, of my right head." About the time you said the sword will never leave your house, you could have went <laughs> off with yeah. your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there's the sword you're talking about. It starts, oh. it starts you know, now. Well, and you know, I mean, he he goes further. You know, out of uh, out of your household, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. So the sword's never going to leave your house, <laughs> and I'm going to bring calamity on your home. You know, and you know, someone is going to take your wives mm -hmm. and and whatever. And do it right out in the open, where you tried to hide your, yeah. that secret, you know. And now that it's out, someone is going to come out and just, uh, just like everything in today. Right. One guy does one thing, the next guy one ups him and does something a little more grand. So he's going to one. I worked. At, I worked at a company where the boss stole, <laughs> and everybody knew it. And you know what? Everybody else started stealing too. Yeah, that's exactly. What that's happened. yeah. That's lead exactly. By, that's exactly what happens. So, so, whatever happens, whatever your boss, your boss, your manager, your leader, whatever level you want to call, sets the tone for the entire company. Absolutely. And everything you do for that's anybody right. who reports to him. Right. So, if your boss is sneaking in at nine thirty, leaving at three every day. Why didn't work getting done? Because everybody's coming in at at eight fifty and leaving at three twenty. <laughs> you know, so they don't get caught. Because you know, why should I give extra if my boss isn't? Leadership is not about directing the work and doing all of that. It's about leading by example. It's about setting yourself up to where people will follow you. John Maxwell calls that an inferred leadership versus a given leadership. Given leadership is you got the title. Inferred right. leadership is people will follow you because regardless, of what you've done. Regardless of the time. What were you going to say, Judge? Real quick, real quick. Two things. Yeah. Okay. Why did God send Nathan? In other words, what's the timing on this? Why did God wait until after everything occurred? Was it because David thought he had gotten away with it, number one? Or the other thing is, why did God not send Nathan before he did it and say, don't do it? Because we read that he was a man after God's own heart. He was highly favored of God. Was David starting to go off at this direction prior to this? Uh, you know, in other words, potentially David already bullheaded and free will and, 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 well, and pride. He talked about this. I think. I mean, it's it's not <laughs> it's not Nathan's responsibility to run up there and and say. Well, you can argue with me on that, but we were talking about this. David should have been closer to friends like Nathan. Yep. Had At had, time, he, had he been, okay. we, we I, you know, we, we get the, we it, it, scripture gives us the impression 
and that David's there just roaming around the empty halls of his palace while everybody's off, which, well, I mean, I'm sure there were guards around, but he didn't seem to have many of his close friends or mighty men they, around. They, they seem to have gone No, the whole story started it's with, in the spring, in they the time when the kings go to yes. war, right. David stayed home. Oh. <laughs> and, right. and so, well, my maybe, uh, I don't want to, but I, you've got a Something. point there, but he didn't, he didn't seek, he didn't seek out the company of good friends, that's, which is, which is actually, you know, part of what this podcast is about. That's right. Um, that's important. And so, yeah, he yeah. had Nathan, maybe, you know, yeah, Nathan wasn't there at the time, but perhaps had yeah, but, but he here's the thing. Hey, here's the thing. Are had you supposed to stop him? Come well, on. But had he consulted, exactly. Right. You know, I go to Robert and say, hey, man, I've been checking out this girl, you know, and Robert says, dude, you're, 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 you're married. What are you doing? And he tries, you know, tries or does talk sense into him. Right. Well, David sees the girl and says, I know they're going to try to talk me out of that. Well, he, well, he, not he probably, him, he, then I just he probably sent entries to his slaves. Hey, who is that? Go get her for me. And, and <laughs> never yeah. once in this, even after he, even after he he commits the adultery, and is he never once says to Nathan or anybody, I, I should have. I screwed up. Yeah. I screwed up. How do I get out yeah. of this? Instead, he's now trying. You know, well, he, running around. How am I going to cover it up? up? After all this <laughs> judgment, and your household's going to have calamity. Wait, Nathan, I have yeah. sinned well, against the Lord. Right, right. No. Judgment what? is upon me. Oh, no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and then well, he seemed to realize that, uh-oh, you know, now it's out. Now I'm in trouble. Now there's consequences, I think somebody yeah. said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that now those consequences are out there, at least to some description thereof of what he won't be able to expect. And, and those are The rest of his life. Well, and no, in his household. Beyond, I was going to say his so, household. So, there's going to be what we're going to cover over the next several weeks that I won't touch on, because we're going to cover mm-hmm. it the next several weeks that he's that embroiled in. But Solomon, so David had, we're guessing somewhere around five wives, maybe fifteen to twenty concubines. We know a few of them are listed. Yeah, there, there, there's not much <laughs> there. There, mm-hmm. he's got. He's got his little harem going. Mm-hmm. Solomon takes it to a whole nother level, you know, mm-hmm. with a thousand wives and two thousand concubines. You know, I've tried to do the math and hadn't figured it out yet, ever how he managed that. But he or does why? that, or why? But why he does <laughs> he does that. But the more serious, but that particular sin had incredibly serious consequences for the kingdom. Because all the wives, they weren't all Jewish. And so they started setting up the temples and the idolatry and everything else. And then David's lineage, even though the Messiah eventually comes through the, through that lineage, there is war, there is strife, there is a king listed who, who it said, sacrificed his own children to an idol as a part of this. There... there this is one of those, and I guess Mike, said, Mike, Mike actually did, and maybe we can talk about this, is there is forgiveness. God forgives. But there is earthly consequences for the sins we get involved in. Yeah. Oh, no, no question about it. Even if you don't get caught, the guilt that you have to live with will take years off your life. So it's not it's it's not only the punishment that you receive or the consequence, but it's your own guilt because you know. I can't tell you how many things that I've done wrong. Well, I can't tell you how many things I've done wrong that I didn't know was wrong. Zero. I basically knew that I was skirting the law or take doing uh, exercising my own free will was which wasn't good judgment and I think we all have as men but understand this even if you don't get caught you still have a consequence and that consequence oftentimes is guilt and some people 
the guilt absolutely consumes them. And it's worse than a regular consequence. You, you mentioned something there. Oh, so yeah, go ahead. One, yeah, one, 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 one second. Unfortunately, the way our law is set up, mm -hmm. if you're young, say 17 or 18, and you steal something, and that goes on your record, it can affect your job occupation for the rest of your life. Oh, no question about right? it. Right? And th 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 I'm using that as an example of mm -hmm. today's standards and in today's things. and and and. That to me, it reminds me of what we're looking at here with David. When you commit adultery with somebody, I know you're 16. You I didn't want to send you to the chair, but uh, <laughs> and, you know, in other times, uh, being caught as an adulteress would be the scarlet letter. Oh, stoned. Well, but I mean, even once I got past that, yeah. you know, no, you would have a public we had a little display. Oh, evolution there. Right. Yes, further evolution past the stone. But I mean, they would they would brand her essentially mm -hmm. yeah. with a oh, public identity that you're right. an adulteress. Yeah, that's you know, well, you know, again, being the king, uh, he certainly ain't going to get that. You know. Um, so just an interesting point. But in line with that, you wanted to bring it up, Michael. Uh, conviction versus shame, shame. which, you which sometimes gets as much mixed up as consequences and forgiveness, or mm -hmm. vice versa. So yeah. I go, you had something on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. That to me is probably the reason he did not apologize to his family. Mm -hmm. He did not apologize to Bathsheba or her family. Mm -hmm. And he did owe her an apology too. And to Uriah's family. And because you're humiliated, right? When you, when you stand up before a group of people and say, I, the king, or I, the pastor of this church, have sinned, that takes a great deal of, 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 of energy because you're going to humiliate yourself and you're going to admit that you sinned. And, and that right there is, is and you're going to have to live. You you're going to have to live with the consequence. And and in yes. uh, this day and age, what has happened? You hear more murder suicides than ever. And mm -hmm. I believe that shame and that humiliation, that from the trial or whatever, from the person who was the murderer, decides after they did the deed that they cannot go through that and then they commit suicide themselves. I don't think that's an afterthought. I think they go in knowing that one. But but is there a way to get past that? I mean, the shame part, I mean, the, 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 they're see, at least from what the author's writing here, there's a difference between accepting, accepting what you did was wrong, mm -hmm. either somehow, if as much as possible, trying to make amends for it, Versus exactly that. Versus the more negative, I'm going to withdraw and feel ashamed. You may feel ashamed. You may deserve to feel ashamed. Right. But do you stay? How do you? How do you? How do you get past saying trapped in that? Well, you. you I think we teach at the church, and I've been. I've learned this. Everything my parents taught. My mother taught me. She's a strong Christian. It's better to say I'm sorry. I made a mistake and live with the humiliation or shame for a few minutes than it is to try to hide it and not deal with it. Because that will cause uh, turmoil within you or break relationships with people around you. Is that, is that what you were I think so. I thought, well, so it sounds like you just have to, it's something, the shame you may have to live with, but it ha you have to get past it, and that's where resolution comes from, I guess. Yes. Or, or transformation. Support as well. Mm -hmm. You know, when you said that, uh -huh. you know, is what came to my mind. Uh -huh. You know, surrounding yourself with people that are not going to look upon you with the shame that you may look upon uh -huh. yourself with. Can, can I read something here so, that the book says? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. and, uh, I mean, you know, so we, uh, again, back to the Six Battles uh, book. I remember um, one of David's mighty men. That was his name, Shame. You know. <laughs> And so when you said, how do you get past that? It brought me right back to him of, God, it's just got to be so hard. And the only thing I can think of is, is that support. People that are going to be willing to look upon you without that shame in their own mm -hmm. eyes. And that will allow you to be able to look and say, well, Steve's not looking at me. That Well, maybe there's something to me. I think that's part of new life in Christ. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, you, you have to become a new and humble being. Yeah, born again. Born again. Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, yeah, page 86, guys, in your lesson. If you look at page 86. I don't um, want to. It's conviction. <laughs> I got to read. Uh, yeah, no. Conviction versus shame. Read to us. And this is the, um, the author of our lesson tells us a few things to look at, whether or not when we've done something wrong, to consider these things. He says, he tells us the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin. But Satan masquerades as a deceiver, and instead of drawing us to a conviction of our sinfulness and a desire to repent and be restored to God, Satan seeks to shame us for our wrongdoing and to limit our access to God and his purposes in our lives. And I want to say, continually shame us and bring us Mm -hmm. Even to this day, I, I, some things come back to my mind that I did 30 or 40 years ago. And, that's, and what the author is saying, that's, shame, that's Satan. That's not the Lord. When you feel remorse about something, stop and consider the following questions, folks, if you've done something wrong. Have I realized the seriousness of what I've done wrong? Did David realize the seriousness of what he did wrong? Have I been honest with God and others? You see that right there? which we don't see that from David, and others about my mistake. Have I told others that I really made a serious mistake? People I've hurt. Have I sincerely asked God and others to forgive me? Once again, and others, not just asking God to forgive my sin. And have I tried to make amends with all who are negatively affected by my sin? We don't see that with David there, and that's going to come, I think, to haunt him later on. Uh, have I sought to change my behavior and not continue in this particular sin? If you answer these questions with yes, and there were five questions, folks, yes and bad feelings still continue to plague you, it's not from the Lord. Claim your forgiveness in Christ and let God empower you to be free from the shackles of the same. And I would say here, talk to your friends, talk to the close friends, how to deal with exactly mm-hmm. Agree. Other people have gone through that. And we're coming down to the end of the Man Up podcast, podcast number 111. Uh, this has been awesome, and I hope that there's been layers that have talked to you about this particular lesson. I'm going to go around the room one more time and get the fellas to give a brief summary on a takeaway from this particular lesson. And uh, to, uh, honestly, the the last couple of lessons that we've done and the couple more that are upcoming i i want to make sure that you you take a moment to go ahead and download this podcast these podcasts because they're great and share them with your friends and with that i'm going to go ahead and uh i start with uh deacon kyle your takeaway from this lesson you know i'm i'm Looking at the last, uh, what, the last couple of verses there, 22, 23, um, when they're talking about after the child died. Um, so he answered his servants, um, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows, the Lord may graciously, uh, may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. You know, so he's been caught. His shame's been brought out. He's even brought judgment upon himself four times over. Um, He's gotten his judgment of there's going to be calamity in your home. And now a child has died. And during that time, you know, he was still, I, I still think he was missing something. That one phrase, who knows? You know, I don't know. You know, was he truly repentful at that time for his sin? And, you know, again, I try to think he is because he's a man after God's own heart, right? And so there's that man in there. And is he truly repentful? And I hope that he was. But that one phrase brought me to to just kind of wonder, was he still just going, okay, God, you know, give me this one, and I'll never do it again. Not going to happen. Right. And then God said, no. The child died. And he died. 
and he got up and figured, okay, now I've got to pick up myself and figure out the rest. Right. You know, but it was that one little question that he asked. Who knows? Right. Judge. Yeah, this is an amazing lesson. Um, I just, I, 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 I remember growing up, and I remember peeping people around me, and I, and I, I would ask them questions. Why are you doing that? Why are you throwing the rock through that window, or breaking that window, whatever you're doing, criminal mischief? Not me, of course. <laughs> yeah, you just drove the car. I had nothing to do with them. And I found the rock, but I didn't throw it. But, but, uh, <laughs> no, but what, what, what I'm getting at is, is they say, uh, when I've asked these people why they did it, or and people I've, I've confronted in the courtroom, why they did this, I said, well, I didn't hurt anybody myself. And that's simply not true. Um, in this case, the, the, the story of David and, and Bathsheba shows the consequences have a tremendous ripple effect, which you've said over and over, Bill, from our class to the podcast. Uh, you do a sin, it's not about you, it's about the people around you. And this is what God is trying to impress, I think, us as men, that we don't live for ourselves. We are supposed to live for the people around us, our family and everybody else that will receive ripples when we're good and when we're bad. And the consequences here, we should keep that in mind in everything we do. And I do this thing right here. If I make this decision, how is it going to affect the people around me and the people at work? And what are they going to think of me? Excellent, excellent. Professor. God, I wish we had six weeks to do these two lessons. <laughs> I'm good. Really yeah. we, we, could have, we could have spent six weeks on this. Um, I'm just going to, I want to, before I do my super quick summary, I want to encourage everybody. Um, find us at our website, www.manupspiritualoasis.com. From there, you can get to our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, and our SoundCloud archive with all of our podcasts. want to encourage everybody, go, like Bill said, this series on David, we've done David so much. We, we, we almost all have become scholars on David at this point. But we've done so much on Honestly. David. And, da- and David is just one of those characters. He has so much in there and and I'm going to say we've talked a lot about the consequences I love Mike's statement about ripples um, and how, how far did this go the consequences as I discussed went all the way through was the redemption there yes Matthew chapter 1 the genealogy of Jesus Christ it starts uh, Matthew 1 1 says a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David the son of Abraham it goes through a big list. It runs all the way through. And then it goes in verse 6. And Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Yeah. This story actually makes it into the genealogy of Jesus. Is Redemption can come from anywhere and everywhere. The consequences ripple, but redemption is there. Excellent. <laughs> Professor stepped up his game. While we bring him along. <laughs> That's, right. That's why I like to have him tag me along. Uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Uh, I, I, I learned something today. I, I, I saw something in a different light, and I owe it to the judge. Uh, because, like we say, this is no church answers. These are questions you don't have to ask in Bible study. David's repentance is incomplete. I think it's it really shows, and it's one way it's evident what we'll talk about next week. Uh, he certainly confesses to God, but he, as you're saying, he does not follow through with the people around him. His relationship stays strained, and that you don't. That's not always the takeaway you expect from this. It's not always the takeaway you find in Bible lessons, and it's all true about the, what we talked about with consequences and forgiveness, and, and yes, God's forgiveness is there and available. Um, but when you have sinned, sometimes there's work for you to do. Um, sometimes things get are at the point where they're irreparable. No, no denying that. That's true. Um, but really, and we'll, 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 maybe I'll just hold on to this for next week. Yes, I think you're right in that David's repentance is incomplete. I think if maybe he had done followed through with the repentance factor, the 12 steps or whatever, uh, in today's terms, then who knows, God may have saved his son. 
Right. So that's, I, mean, I was on that same I, line with I, the I, 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 I think didn't feel that full repentance. I think God was yeah. uh, was He's acting true. like uh, judge and jury, and once the to- totality of the crime was exposed, well, of course, God knew about it, but there was no escaping of the sentence. And I think, and I think David, David realized that, and he also realized that this is something that's going to affect the rest of my life. And I think, as men, we need to understand even these little petty crimes of opportunity. David had it because he was king, and he just had the opportunity. That will affect not only your relationship, but your family and your entire life. And that is a huge deal. We're so glad you joined us as Man Up. Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys trying to deepen our faith and on this faith journey. And we're so glad that you men and you few women that were out there listening joined us. want to make sure that uh, you find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. We have a Facebook page at Man-Up where you can post a question. We also have a Twitter feed and a website. Compliments on the professor! <clears throat> and we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and join an ABF, which is Adult Bible Fellowship, commonly known as a Sunday School. That's how <laughs> this got started. <clears throat> And we invite you and encourage you to find one that's men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.